How are we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the Sean Atwood channel with me, Ron Swanson, and of course, John Wedger. We are here bringing you crime theory and the case that we've been building. I know a lot of you have been following along with us. It is ever growing and we will keep informing you and keep updating you with it all. We've got a few uh, interesting shows that we're, uh, we're discussing and we'll have lined up for you for November. And John, take us through how, how you've been and, uh, you know, since the last time we spoke, what, what has been going on? Yeah, I mean, on social media, my popularity is is sort of going back to um, its height of around 2018 to 2020, and and that's really from from the um, popularity of these videos that I've done with yourself and with Sean Atwood, and mainly in relation to um, these murders, the crime theories, and the the Jimmy Savile stuff um, has become very very on vogue at the moment so my social media has gone absolutely crazy and i've been contacted by many people that want me to look at unsolved cases murder cases um and it, it's it, it's mad and, and i've also had journalists contact me mainstream media journalists yeah. and it's and with this case tonight um also i've had to pass information on onto the police. Okay. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So, uh, it and 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 again, been talking to um a big uh, radio journalist in in Belfast because this this one tonight is uh, a Northern Ireland um, murder case and and the the similarities again. You're going to fall off your chair with this one as well. It 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 it's, it just doesn't seem to stop delivering what we're yeah, doing yeah. It, it's it's spooky it really is weird just when i think that we can't have any more coincidences bang yeah they occur. well bang 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 take us away when you're ready right so we're going back to the 70s again it seems to be um a heyday for the missing children and murders of children in the 70s it, it's um we've had quite a few late 60s early 70s there must there must be something in the air back then, and we're going to look at the the tragic case of of a missing ten year old boy. And again, I'm going to bring um, something else into the mix um, with with age, because in in doing these videos, I do my you know, these these sorry these audio interviews. I I do my research as well, and over the years that that I've been looking into this stuff, I've made contacts. Some of them. Um, invaluable context, uh, the really, really good ones. And um, one of them is uh, Corinne Hustabot, um, who's priceless when it comes to the mind of a child murderer. Okay. And another one, I'm not going to name this lady, but she is an author. Okay. And she's she's written books about uh, Satanism because she was a victim of intergenerational Satanism. And she's a, a wealth of, of knowledge on on the dynamics of it and how it works, the structure of it, you know, the organisation, yeah. the location, and ages are very important. And she said to me something. She said, John, are we looking at 10 to 11-year-old children? And I went, yeah. She said, how did I know that? I said, I don't know. She said, well, I'm going to explain it. 
and she goes on about the the purity of, of the of the children and and um ten to eleven is is a very good age because it's just before that that they actually change uh, physically and go into puberty um Boys tend to go missing more, in her opinion, only because they are easier to coerce. Uh, because boys are always out and about. They're a bit more trusting, uh, whereas girls aren't. Girls really aren't in the parks all the time at that age, climbing trees up to mischief, on the streets, in gangs. It tends to be more of a boy thing. And boys are more inquisitive than, than girls when it comes to that. They, they prefer... The ritualistic murderers prefer the um, the girls that are virgins before purity. And and she said something, and she said that, that there's a process called stoning. And I'd heard this before, and she said, "You don't know what I mean, do you?" I said, "I do, but I've forgotten." I, I you know, it, it slipped my mind, but I have heard it. Okay. She said, "It's how they determine the like the." the puberty stage of a child okay it's you know i'm going to give a little bit of a trigger warning to this because this is perverse but it's not going to get her kicked off okay no problem um, right but before a girl enters a year before she enters puberty her nipples change and and the glands alter and it's like um like a small stone as it were appears behind the nipple and, and it's and it's um noticeable by touch that's why these guys will fiddle and touch up these young girls and one of the reasons why and it's sort of reminding me a bit of jimmy savile what he would do and and he would touch them up and, and rub them now if they feel the presence of, of these stones and they are virginal which most girls of that age are unless they're, they're victims of incest and things like that and abuse most are going to be that is going to be the ripe age, and this is the age where, where these demonic perverts want them. And yeah, that's, that's shocking. A, and and with boys, it's more no, noticeable because their face changes as well as the downstairs region. So it's a bit easier to determine if a boy and the voice changes. If a boy is going through the hormonal change with a girl, it's a bit different. Um, so. She said 10 to 11 is a prime age. And she said a lot of what you're looking to is it around that age. And I said, yes, it is. It is. She was bang on. And she knows because she was a survivor of ritualistic abuse and now an author right? and a best-selling author okay. of, of, of this. Thing. But I will keep her name out of it. Um, but it's no secret. But I'll just keep her name out of it. So we're going to go over to Belfast and we're going to go over to the 2nd of September. 1973, and a young boy called Brian McDermott goes missing. And Brian was small for his age, and again, we're seeing a pattern of here, again, with like with Leslie Molseed. He was bullied because he was very little. He was the youngest of five children. And these are kids, the McDermott boys uh, and girls were always out and about in the street. They were from central Belfast, Okay. And one of one of his places um, he liked to visit was Ormew Park. Uh, that is just um, down from the dock area, and through the centre of Ormew Park is the River Lagan, which is the um, the main feeds, you know, to the tidal um, estuary that goes into the docks 
uh, in Belfast. And Brian had um, a little gang because he he went to a local school. Um, I did have the name of the school, but I don't know where that's gone. He went to a local school, but but the the kids that went to this school were the the boys that that resided in Kinkora Children's Home, boys' home. And as we know, Kinkora uh, rose to prominence. Started about eight years ago when they uh, implemented the IICSA, the Independent Investigation to Child Sexual Abuse, which was a government-sponsored okay. independent inquiry into care home abuse. Okay. Northern Ireland had their own strain of it, and Northern Ireland it, it had a lot of findings because of quite a few homes. One was for Corbyn, one was Kinkora. One was Protestant. Kinkor was a Protestant home. Kinkorbin was um, a, uh, a Catholic home. And there was a lot of espionage around there. So we're going to be going into very deep, dark political realms here. It sounds it. Um, but this just fuels what we were saying um, in, in other ones, that, that these kids are procured for very nefarious purposes. And, and it feeds this malevolence which goes into high office. We, we've got little Brian McDermott, 10 years old, uh, on the 2nd of September, it's a Sunday, and he's out with his pals. His pals were from school, but that, but his friends uh, were, were in a care home. They were subject to uh, local authority care, and they resided in Kinkora Boys' Home. And what we've got to look at is that, that Kinkora, over... The ensuing years when Brian goes missing, five boys, five boys go missing, never to be seen again, right? We've got Brian McDermott, Thomas Spence, John Rogers, David Leckie, and Jonathan Avon. All went missing, right? Uh, apart from Brian, all the others were residents at Kinkora. And there was later to be 29 allegations of abuse, and some of them involved prominent political members and also allegations of royalty Jesus. okay and it then moves into the intervention of the intelligence services the the uh british army intelligence corps was sent in with a special unit to look at what was going on and it was later reported on about the abuse that was going on in kinkora and also the missing um, uh, Brian McDermott later, the murder inquiry into Brian McDermott. So the, what we're going into now goes into deep, dark political realms. And like I've said, yeah. not just on here, but on other investigations, that, that child abuse governs global politics. 100%. And we're, we're, we're going to have proof of that. Here. Yeah, it's, it's but, shocking because of how real it gets and how how much of it starts to sound like conspiracy and i guess a little bit hopeful that it turns out to be a conspiracy but it's not it is fact it, we, it is coming up as fact and like i say we're we're rolling out this case so john ca carry on right so brian is meant to go home for dinner uh, at 1 p.m and he never returns he doesn't go home uh, his family then start getting worried because brian is small for his age like we mentioned he's quite timid and class is a very deep person he's quite a profound young man 
um, the police get called and, and they implement a missing person um, investigation into it. So a week goes by and uh, nothing. And then the the police and the British Army, uh, so back then it was the RUC, the Royal, Royal Ulster Constabulary, uh, they decide that they're going to take this seriously. And they lowered the river level on the River Lagan, right? It's a big river, big tidal, fast-flowing river, this. And I don't know how they did it, but, you know, they some sort of engineering. Okay, um, they got okay. in there, and they managed to lower the level of the river. And as they did that, now, whether they got intelligence, we don't know. That's not been disclosed. They find a Hessian sack, and they... The British Army dragged a sack out, and in it they find a body, but it's been mutilated. Right now, to what extent, John? Did they? Was it too badly decomposed to yeah, understand the full extent? Uh, well, well it's been in, in water now. Water is always a favoured way of disposing of of a body, and water destroys DNA. Back then, DNA wasn't a thing, but water it. it mutilates a body more than anything else the skin peels off so a white person their skin peels off making them look black so that the skin looks black okay. so a white body that's been in a river for a period of time Changes will go color. black wow. a black person their skin goes white now i've spent you know many years dragging out bodies from the river thames with the river police okay. and i've seen this firsthand um it bloats the body and the rivers especially there they're quite it's quite clean and the tidal river um the salt has um like a caustic effect on the body as well and things tend to rot quicker in salt water but it's also got a lot of parasites you know and a lot of predators and scavengers okay yeah, of course yeah river. Yeah, no, so it's going to get eaten very quickly. Eels, crabs, shrimps, shrimps are a big thing, you know. They will infest that body straight away. Now, I don't know how to approach this bit. I, I'm not, well, I'm going to approach it as keep it sterile, but then I'm, I'm going to chuck something into the mix. All right, okay, I'm ready. So the body's brought out and it's mutilated. The legs had been removed. They'd been cut off, butchered off. And one of the arms had been removed and the body had also been subject to incineration, partial incineration. So it was charred, right? It was burnt. So we've got a mutilated burnt body, um, difficult to identify of a young boy, approximately 10 years old, a fingerprint from the remaining um, thing, the remaining arm, is used to, to to get print. Now here's something I'm going to uh, let you in on this. When 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 a body is badly decomposed, especially uh, when it, when it's been put in water, right? This is how the police get fingerprints because they can't just roll them out like you would. Okay, yeah, of course, yeah, body, yeah, of course, yeah. Right, you you can do it in in you know I've done it. I've gone to morgues and taken fingerprints, but not when they've been water damaged. When they've been water damaged. This is this is why the, I don't think the police get paid enough money. We had to take the skin off of that finger and put it onto our finger. Oh my god! 
and then do the print. That's how we had to do it. Can you imagine that's, that's, be, being asked to do that? Yeah. And the corpse to be rotting at the same time. That's pretty it's, grim. It's, so that's how we would take fingerprints from a water-damaged um, corpse. So they're a little bit of an insight there that yeah. not a lot of people know. So they, they got a print of this um, young boy, and that was then compared with a print from his school book. And it came back that it was, in fact, Brian McDermott. Okay? So nothing else really goes on on a policing level. Okay. Right? Um, until 1976, when Brian's older brother, William, is accused of his murder. Right, William's got a bit of an anger management issue. Okay. And William um, is dragged in. He was a few years older than Brian. He's dragged in and he's subject to to a lot of hours. I don't know exactly, but over a, a long period of time, he's in custody in, in 1976 in Belfast by the RUC. Now, policing was raw back then, but the RUC they could sort of get away with things and they weren't really that well governed, you know? So it was a bit worse. Yeah. Back, back, back um, in what I commonly refer to as the golden era of crime. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a, there, there's a joke about the RUC. Um, why are they such bastards? Okay. okay. And, and the answer is because they are, you see. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> but but dad jokes all around. Yeah, you got to say in the Belfast accent, they are you see. So that, because they had, ter anyway, so we're going to see a parallel here. His brother, after hours and hours of nonstop interrogation, okay. admits to the murder of his brother. Right? Okay. And where did we see this with Stefan Kitschko? Yeah. With the, with the Leslie Mole seeds, right? He later withdraws it and said it was coerced out of him by bullying from the RUC. So we're seeing the same thing. And his brother had a drink problem. And they, now, what they what they were saying was um, that so Brian had hit his brother with a stick um, a few days before he went missing. So so his brother, only a few years older than than young Brian, decides to. Um, I think they said that, that they pu he pushed him out of the tree and accidentally killed him. Uh, but then he panics and decides to dismember his brother by cutting off both his legs, which takes some doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, legs are hefty work. It's wild um, how they think know, that these stories stick. It's like the kid yeah, getting yeah. on a train and going to London. Yeah, exactly. They, 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 they're saying that, that he then decides, he panics, so he cuts his brother's both his legs off. Bear in mind, the blood must have been unbelievable. Cut off one of his arms, then burn his body in a park where there was people about, and then put it in a Hessian sack, and then lug it all the way down to, to the, the fast-flowing tidal river that the Lagan is, yeah. and chuck it in, and then carry on life as normal. I mean, if you, say, for example, as a young kid, yeah. you got angry with your dog and you kicked it, and it died. How long before you would fold under guilt? Well, that's okay, that's yeah. it. I mean, that's, you know, that's you, it. You would do, wouldn't you? But if you'd have killed your brother 
and then cut his legs off for some unknown reason and then his arm and then burn his body and then pull it in a hessian sack and then carry on normal life yeah that's what i'm saying it's 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 the aftermath of the action that would be noticeable in a child that age a hundred percent and and for the rest of their life you know and and then again he said well look um you know, it was coerced out of me. And we see this time and time and time again. Um, now, at the time, there was three theories went up, right? One was that his brother had done it. Okay. Which, okay, is that, that was very convenient if that was to happen. So okay. that would be case closed. Brother did it, uh, you know, and that's that. We dealt with it, which is what they tried. Um, the second one was... Hope you're enjoying the podcast. This is worth my sponsor, Shady Rays. Check them out. Gear up for the season ahead with quality shades built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. And if you're into winter sports, the quick swap snow lenses move effortlessly between full sun to low light environments. And these shades hide a multitude of sins since having the little man. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Were your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase? If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. The team always has your back with personal and fast support. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SEAN, S-H-A-U-N. For 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses, try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over a quarter million people. Thanks for supporting our sponsor. Back to the podcast. Cheers. Now, bear in mind the Kinkora scandal that's going on, the five missing boys, the 29 allegations of abuse. That has got some weight, that one. Of course. Okay. Um. And the last one was they had received information, the RUC, from various sources that Brian was abducted and murdered for witchcraft and satanic ritual purposes. And it was taken as the number one serious um, uh, theory out of all three until the RUC went along with it and said, yeah, look, we could be dealing with a witchcraft murder until something strange happened. Okay. All of a sudden, this special unit um, called the IVR or something like that, it was uh, a Northern Ireland Ulster-based intelligence, British government-sanctioned army intelligence unit came into play and they took an interest in Brian McDermott's murder. And one of the leading captains, army captain and officer, was a guy called Colin Wallace. So he mentions about Brian McDermott 
Okay. And he goes goes on to, to write a book. Um, I can't remember what his book's called. Uh, oh, it's called The Man Who Knew Too Much, right? And he was then sanctioned with going round with his team and setting up mock satanic ritual sites in and around Northern Ireland and the Donegal border. So they would go out, draw pentagrams everywhere. They would allegedly gather blood from cookhouses, pour, pour it everywhere and slaughter sheep and lay them out in various locations. He didn't know why. He said he didn't know what even SRA was, but they were told around uh, the summer of 1973 to do this. They claimed that it stopped in the summer, but a leaked report showed it went on until the winter. So that would cover that period okay. of Brian McDermott going missing. Right Now, two things here. Were they doing it to dis dismiss that SRA is a reality? Okay. Or, or were they trying to adulterate real live satanic sites and just and then make a joke of it all because they were pouring animal blood everywhere which would then if there was human blood it would it would totally um, mess that dna or, or whatever it was for blood samples it'd mess it all up yeah. and it could be smoke screening or whatever it seems very very odd that they would do that and he even claims he doesn't know why he was sent to do it but they went out making up and defiling ritualistic sites all around Northern Ireland and the border. Now, something happened as well, was that Colin Wallace then made a complaint to the Home Secretary, and this is where it starts getting very, very dark, that what's going on in Kinkora needs to stop because there are political personnel going in and abusing young boys. And they weren't just abusing, they were going missing and they were getting murdered. Now, one one guy, uh, his name was Arthur Smith, he came forward at, for the independent inquiry and he okay. said that he had been raped on two occasions in Kinkora because he was a um, resident there by Mount Hatton. Lord Louis Hatton had raped him. Now, the FBI, at the same time, had put out a report that Mountbatten is a people, right? And I think it was Edwina Curry had also called him a pedophile, which means a lover of boys, right? Um, and Mountbatten, the FBI said that this man should never, ever take an active role in decision-making wow. for the Royal Navy because he's abhorrent. Well, he was made chief of fleet or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, at the same time, circa that late 60s, early 70s, Jimmy Savile had been made an honorary admiral and was very close with Mountbatten. Right? And they had a close friendship. So... Suspicious, all... suspicious ties once yeah. again. Yeah. And also, what came out of a report about Kinkora was the following people were linked to it. 
Ted Heath, Cyril Smith. Now, bear in mind, Cyril Smith was the one that caused problems about the investigation to Leslie Mulseed and, and was, was the constituent MP when the family wanted something done about the unlawful stitch-up of Stefan Kishko, yeah. Cyril Smith group. Ian Paisley was mentioned, and a loyalist leader called William McGrath was, was mentioned, as all being involved in the abuse of young boys. Now, also, who was in charge a bit later on, uh, politically for that area, was Leon Britton. Okay. And Leon Britton was also accused of having a sex into young boys. Right, and he was in charge on, for political affairs over in that part of the world. And then, if we look, this gets even, even deeper, right? Okay. So, Colin Wallace is speaking out about this, right? About the satanic ritual stuff, about the sexual abuse of these boys. He mentions about the, uh, the disappearance of um, young Brian McDermott. And bear in mind, the RUC had information that this was a ritualistic murder. Yeah. And then the intelligence services are then trying to dismiss any of that and detract it away from being ritualistic. Mountbatten is caught up in this, right? Ted Heath, Cyril Smith, William McGrath. Now, you imagine if it came out that this was going on, what would the Catholics have done? If there was witchcraft and Satanism within the British royal family, within British politics and Northern Ireland politics, and the murder of young boys for that, You're, can you imagine the support that that the IRA would have got? Yeah, it would have been outraged. Countries all yeah. around the world would have been in uproar. Yeah, on their the knees. Government. Now, now, and then Colin Wallace is then stitched up and given a 10-year sentence for a murder he never committed. He was later, after 10 years in prison, exonerated. He was given a life sentence, and he served 10 years, right? And, and, they, and he never did it, right? Now, and he, all the whole lot was shut down. Now, who has the power to shut all this down when it's intelligence services? Well, of course, it's British intelligence. And who was head of British intelligence at that time? Sir Peter Heyman, okay. who was who was a convicted file, he got convicted of importuning young boys, and he was in charge of British intelligence. Right? It's shocking. Like, it just seems like they're in every level, corner, and 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 section of governing bodies, and and quite serious, you know, specialist parts of the armed forces. It's it's mind blowing, John. Well. Not only is it um, coercive of, of anyone involved, which is something the intelligence have already all, always done, if that was just the sexual abuse of the boys. Well, we've known from, from stuff we've done in the past, well, some people aren't just satisfied with sexual abuse, and it goes further. It's a bit like this uh, obsession at the moment with bare-knuckle fighting. And now it goes to an underground level in unlicensed fighting. And it goes where people aren't just there in the ring fighting. They're in 
warehouses where they're fighting with weapons and you know i've even heard of bets being put on to lo- literally last man standing where the need for blood gets to a point where these men will fight till one dies now that's the same with snuff movies they're they're not just satisfied with sexually abusing the child they have to torture them murder them right because it's a it's a it's a perverted hate-fueled lust but then you get that but also there is another reason a, a religious spiritually led reason and that is what satanic ritual abuse is the mutilation of children now bear in mind what my contact the author said that these boys 10 year olds look into them carefully because that is to fuel the satanic ritual which is something we covered now i'm going to take this further a few years ago i when i started podcasting about ritualistic abuse satanic ritual abuse and i um would always go on about the rains list uh the ritual abuse information network support list by dr john coleman uh, that a leading psychotherapist at the Morsley hospital who went on to write a list of, of names mentioned by patients who had been suffering from DID, Dissociated Identity Disorder, and they would go on not just about child abuse, but ritualistic abuse. And two or more names, if they cropped up in, from independent sources, she wrote them down. And this list has never been uh, revoked or anything. It's still online, and it names people like Ted Heath, names that we mentioned here. Yeah. And it goes on about the reality and it's come from a clinician. So how do they keep dodging all of this, John? Say that again. How do they keep dodging it? It seems like it's they just get away with it endlessly. Well, 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 well I've given this list um, uh, to the commissioner of the police. Uh, Robert Green gave it to Theresa May. They all know the people on this list. Now, yeah. this now I started getting people come to me that had survived ritualistic abuse. Now, one woman came to me. And this is new. And this information is with the Garda, the Garda police, the Garda Sakona, the Irish police, right? I've got okay. this information because a statement was made and it was given to them. This comes from a person who is a survivor of ritualistic abuse and states that in the early 70s, a um, the parents were uh, Satanists, and this person would be used okay. for satanic rituals, which is usually the way those that come from intergenerational are kept alive, but the, for the perverse reason of it, and they use them to actually commit the murders on the children. Children okay. are procured, whether from prostitutes within the coven or they're abducted. And it's something we have covered many times in the past and my podcasts have gone on about the dynamics of this. And they are then used for deity worship, but also um, if someone needs something from the demon, so they might need a relationship to work, a relationship to break down, a promotion, a business deal, um, competition to be taken out, and the demons will reward them, but only if paid in blood. And they want clean blood and it's virginal child blood. And like we mentioned, yeah. young virgin girls, but 
before puberty, after puberty, it has no power. Before puberty, it has the power. So young boys need it. And, and we know that they will go for these latchkey kids, these itinerant yeah. kids, kids from trouble background, of which Brian was from there, you know. There have been issues with his family and all sorts. So, And they know by looking that these kids are out where they are. They get watched, and I've mentioned it in my videos, these, these satanic ranks called the Watchers. And the fixers, yeah. of which Finn Savile was a fixer, and these watchers 100%. are lower down. They'll they'll identify the kids, tell the fixer, the fixer will get the kid and arrange it for a uh, for a ritual. And it's all done for a lot of money. It's all money driven, right? Of course. Got, anyway, so this person said that they were um, put in a in a room, a dark room, prior to the ritual, uh, put white clothing on. And this person remembers a boy was brought in and put in the room next to them. And this young boy was scared. He was frightened. He'd been abducted. They'd stripped him to his underpants and he'd wet his underpants. And this person said that this young boy had really skinny, knobbly knees. Very skinny little boy, which Brian was. And... They said that they were taken out onto the altar. Um, this was in the in Northern Ireland, but in the southern part of it, the, the, either the county of Sligo or the county of Donegal. Yeah. So it was cross border, and you know, as now different country, different jurisdiction, different rules, different everything. You know, and um, this young boy was put onto a stage, an altar. A white-haired man comes in, who does get named to me, but for today I'm going to leave that name out, but a prominent figure in British society with white hair, short, fat man, goes up behind the young boy and cuts his throat. The boy falls to the floor bleeding. They then... The person says that the blood then moves towards them and they get it on their white clothing. They then pick up the boy and they do something. They cut off his left arm. Right? Now, That's I'll then important. take advice on this. Why would they cut off the left arm? The left arm is then head, held above the murderer's head. And the, the murderer, the, the Satanist is wearing all the regalia, this um, whatever it might be, the gown, they wear gowns, and the whole of the um, uh, crowd, which is about 13 of them, they then howl and start cheering. Um, the, I can't remember, they did tell me the deity, the deity worship. It might have been Kronos or one of these deities was worshipped, right? Um, and then um, the arm is held up. They An orgy then takes place, which always happens. It's always an orgy. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I've got some exciting news to announce. Michael Francis is coming back to tour the UK in 2024. The remade mentor, the Michael Francis story. Michael Francis, once named one of the 50 most significant mob bosses in the USA by Fortune magazine, and a former member of the notorious Colombo crime family, 
will take you deep into the world of organised crime, sharing captivating tales and insights into the Mafia's past, present and future. Join us for an unforgettable evening with Michael Francis, the original Goodfella, as he exclusively sits down with myself, Sean Atwood. With me as the host, there's going to be a no-holes-barred exploration of Michael Francis's life, including his numerous arrests and jury trials that ultimately led to his pleading guilty to a federal racketeering charge, a 10-year prison sentence, and $15 million in restitution. You will have the unique opportunity to ask questions during an audience Q&A session, making this event a must-see for true crime enthusiasts and anyone curious about the underworld. Don't miss this explosive in-conversation with Michael Francis. Live on stage in the UK, this exclusive in-person event will be held in various locations in the UK, Ireland and Scotland. Link in the description box below this video if you want to grab yourself a ticket. Back to the podcast. Cheers. Um, that's the last thing. The, the venue gets cleaned up and, and that's it. This yeah. person then says to me, I recognise the boy because later his face was put on and it was they're pretty certain it was Brian McDermott. Now, bear in mind, Brian McDermott's body crops up eight days later and an arm is missing. Right, The body's been burnt. That might have been a ritualistic thing. We don't know whether they did that. But an arm is missing. And also, they said that someone bit the genital region off the boy. Now, if that's the truth, if that comes out, in in some um, document or whatever it might be, that there was genital mutilation of this young boy and the left arm was the one missing, there might be some substance in the claims that were, were made at the time that this was a witchcraft ritualistic murder yeah, and that the RUC did take it seriously. So it obviously come from, from a good source back then at the time right and then there may have been a need for the british intelligence services to cover that up because persons present might have been the same persons that were were, were named in abuse within kinkora now if that is is the case now i'm not saying mountbatten was named in this he may or may not have been okay but, but saying Mountbatten was, and saying Ted Heath was, now there would be a massive need for the intelligence services to cover that up. Of course. Because can you imagine the Catholic countries knowing that a prime minister between 70 and 74, Ted Heath, was a Satanist killing Protestant boys and, and then a member of the royal family yeah. was involved. Now, Ted, Ted Heath has been accused of Satanism, and that came out in Operation Conifer, and that was aired live on TV by Chief Constable Wiltshire, Mr. Mike Veal. Now, has been accused by the FBI of being a prolific pedophile. So, we're not too far away from potentially giving credence to the original allegation of course this was a witchcraft murder i mean we've got a, a witness testimony and we've got i mean how many 
little kids with missing an arm are going to turn up within, you know, that short a period of, of his disappearance. It's just, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing, John. Um, well, it's... Well, 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 the other thing is that only a couple of years later, a young girl, seven-year-old girl, like called Mary Boyle, was out playing on, in County Donegal on the border with Northern Ireland. She goes missing and is never seen again. Okay? Now, it was investigated by the Garda police, but the whole um, investigation was obstructed by politicians. And they didn't want certain people arrested. There were suspects named that political connections. They weren't allowed to be arrested. And it was just covered up uh, at, at a political level. Um, how bizarre is that? It is you know, too much the coincidence. Same time, the same time, you know, the same time. Um, it's a, and very weird. So, yeah, I, I could go more into the Mary Boyle uh, thing, but again, the same location, the same area. I mean, yeah. take take the body across the border. Totally different jurisdiction, system, different legal system, everything else. Do what I got to do. Bring it back. Dump it in the river, and no one knows. So a, a boy is in fact then being trafficked across a count uh, a, a, a border into another country, um, which is what we information came through from. Um, about snuff films, which the British police have always denied existed, yet the yeah. Dutch police have said we've seen snuff films made in Holland with British children. Yeah, it's it's insane that that, that is the denial and the, the the official narrative to this day still, I do believe, uh, for you know the the British police. But this info has gone. The police have got this. The Irish police have got this information. Have had it from from many years um, now. Uh, the people involved in this are probably all dead now. But it's weird how the army operation into all of this was called Operation Clockwork Orange. We had an army intelligence officer which was used to, to discredit and cover up ritual abuse. He did know too much. He makes a point of mentioning Brian McDermott and the Kinkora boys. He's then falsely accused of murder. Um, we've got, with the Kinkora, with, with, with Brian's friends, we've got political leaders named. Ted Heath, the Prime Minister, Cyril Smith, an MP. Yeah, Ian the list Paisley, is massive. It really William is. McGrath, you know, loyalist leaders, you know, and then Mountbatten, yeah. all linked in in this mess. Yeah. That, that, that is the missing boys. Yeah. Of Kinkor, which does take in in that in that um, and Venn diagram, you know, Brian McDermott. John, it's almost like it doesn't get any better for the next era of politics because, you know, a lot of us learn from the Savile documentary his connection with Thatcher, and we all know um, the extent of the, the the crimes caused by many of her cabinet members and and met several with accusations against them. It's mm -hmm. It's never ending, right? So we can only assume that what is going on in the world today is by the same design. Of course, and, and it's something that works and something that gets covered up. Now, this was different because this leaked because Northern Ireland 
is a very small place. Anyone who's ever been there and the, the atrocities that went on there, the war crimes that went on there, the persecution, the police corruption, the unlawful killings. There was so many operatives, surveillance jobs, police, special branch, the intelligence services working in a really small, low density of population area that there was always a risk that that bad practice and um, corrupt, I don't know, MOs would be exposed, which is what happened with Colin Wallace. He actually exposed it. Now, what is different to this than any other one that, that we've looked at was the fact that SRA was seen as one of the, the, the prime reasons that Brian McDermott Look Look at what goes on in and around that allegation. The royal family, prime ministers, you know, stitch yeah. up special branch officers, intelligence officers, political leaders, yeah. missing boy after missing boy yeah. after missing boy. Bang, 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 bang. 29 alle serious allegations of abuse, two of them involving a member of the royal family. It's shocking. All linked in, and it's just madness pure bare madness yeah. it's um unbelievable so and brian mcdermott's case is still open-ended i for one don't believe his brother did it his brother no. went on to live quite a dysfunctional life he'd become an alcoholic of course he changed his name he made uh and it could be that the mcdermott boys were all abused there might have been stuff going on within yeah. their family i don't know i don't know them i don't know what's going on um, but he went on to, to to not function very well in life. Um, and he was stitched up with his own brother's murder. Now, I don't for one minute think he did it. Yeah. Well, it follows, no, the, no. it follows the MO that's so prevalent through so many of these cases, especially when it involves political parties, royal families, heavy hitters in this uh, club, shall we say. It, it never fails to shock. And this case in particular is incredibly sad because... It's unsolved. You've been in contact with credible witnesses, and it's looking very much like the the horror story is the reality for this little boy. Well, if we, we were to look at this commonsensically and just say, right, well, what we got? We got a young boy, ten year old boy, goes missing. His body is found mutilated, built, you know, in the most sadistic fashion, in in a Hessian sack, tied up. And thrown into um, into a river. Yeah. So suspects are this. This was a game of clue. Though suspects are his teenage brother, who got the arm with him, could hit him with a stick. Yeah. And then decides to mutilate his body, butcher it, burn it, hessian sack it, dump it in the river, get on with life. Or we could have one of the most appalling yeah. PR rings um, that ever came out of. Of British soil involving proper allegations. We're not talking yeah. nutcases here, and we're not even we're talking, talking as if it's over. It's yeah. it still exists. Yeah, we're talking corroborated government inquiry allegations and investigations into a member of the royal family, our British Prime Minister, uh, cabinet ministers, loyalist leaders. Um, 
numerous um, sexual abuse and and the R words against children, young boys in there. Yeah. And, and, um, and then on top of that, we've got, you know, and, and the fact that the FBI took an interest in this as well, and they corroborated about the member of the royal family, saying this is a man that has a lust for children. Um, on top of that, we've got the inquiry that went in about Ted Heath. Yeah. And and also that went in about William McGrath, the loyalist leader. I think he might have been uh, in prison for, for abuse. I'm not too sure. Seal yeah. Smith, he was definitely... Oh, 100%. Leader. All linked in. Five boys go missing, really mm. murdered from the same home, the same area at the same time. And then we get information that this one of Brian is ritualistic and then information is received that a young boy matching Brian's description was taken over the border yeah. into the, a neighbouring county and was mutilated with his left arm cut off um, and then that was it. So, I mean, that seems, and that's all interlinked with yeah. the, the ring and the witchcraft thing. As far as I'm concerned, it's all interlinked. Um, that makes sense, but to stitch his brother up and thinking that a, a, a teenage boy did that and yeah. then got on with his life. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but it's how it's packaged and the way that people just consume the lies. And as we've seen so often, lies become history. It's a horrible, yeah, if, it's, it's a horrible case, John. It really, and, really and, is. And if we look at the Moira Anderson case that the original senior investigating officer turned around and says, I still think it was this crazy loner that um, lived down the road, still maintained it was him. And if we then go back to the Leslie Mulseed with the corrupt senior officer who went on to screw up the Savile Inquiry, yeah, yeah, continued exactly. to blame Stefan Kitchko, who was exonerated, we're seeing the same thing. Yeah. Time and time again, exactly the same pattern. Yeah, it's horrible. Well, again, it's it's one of these stories that just continues to paint the bigger picture, John, and like I say, we're we're still working behind the scenes on this. This one, th th this case in particular, is one that has affected me. I'm not going to lie because of how close we are to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, but there was a need to cover this up. It makes sense. Of course, there was. To cover this up, and I, I don't think it's a good thing they did, but it's an, a sense because that was fragile out there, and. It, it was bad times, and there was a lot of um, bad publicity on the British government for for their heavy-handed approach with the, the bloody Sunday um, massacre and and all sorts of things, and uh, the Americans back in the IRA and and the strength that the Catholic Church had around the world, and and it was all to be so fragile uh, in in respect to the British government if any of this ever got out, and. There was a need to cover this up. The monarchy, um, shall we say? The monarchy, and as we, as we found, it's at the time. Oh no, no, no! But Mountbatten was seen as being this, you know, this quirky individual. Oh, what a jolly, funny chap! But the FBI said this man should be nowhere near children and nowhere near decision making. He's he's not right in the head, and he's a piece. <sighs> and the cabinet ministers called him a pest, and Ted Heath. You know, how disgraceful was that man? Cyril Smith, I mean, and they were all there, all interlinked with this whole filth 
that went on. Yeah. Yeah. So this is um, a phenomenal case to look into. It the is. case of Brian McDermott is still unsolved. It gets reviewed every year. Yeah. The uh, um, the police, the PSNI, review it every year. It's due to be reviewed before well, the year is out. Well, let's hope we get uh, some balls let's hope, rolling. Let, let's hope, yeah, that the, the PSNI link in, with, and as if they don't link into each other, of course they do. Link in with, with the Garda. Um, look at this statement done by our, our source and um, deal with it appropriately. Get some results, and yeah. May, maybe exonerate for good um, William yeah. McDermott, who I changed his name. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really, really interesting one, this, and it's one I think, um, watch this space because this, this could be forever evolved in this case. 100%. We'll, we'll keep you all updated. And, you know, thank you very, John. Thank you very, John. Thank you very much, John, uh, for tonight. It's we're we're going to be changing the night that we're we're recording on a little bit because we're 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 becoming pressed for time on a Wednesday, and we'd like to sort of um, not feel that pressure, if that makes sense. So, can, can I just say one thing? Of and course, I forgot to mention it. Of course, and it's why the left arm. And I, I did allude to it, but I didn't mention that. Now the left arm, the left side of the body is important in in Satanism. Because the Latin word for left is sinister. And that's where the demons come into the body on the left side. So in in Islam, the young virgin girls are told to, to lay on their left side to stop the jinns getting into their body. So the left is seen as the devil's side. So that's why the left would always be attacked in victims of, of Satanism because it's the sinister side and that is the even more of a sinister and also in a ritual there's a need for the elements to be used so fire and water are used in rituals interesting so that might be the reason why brian's body was burnt and then it was subjected to water Submerged, because yeah. the element the, the, the gods of the elements are also venerated so well, there you have it it's shocking and it just it gets it gets more and more deep every week we're, we're like i say we're going to keep you guys uh updated let us know what you think down in the comments below and john thank you as always for giving up your time and until next week everybody for me as always make sure you're subscribed make sure you leave a like make sure you share and for me ron swanson as always be safe out there